When you have people live with you that aren't a part of your family system, a part of your family culture, you're bringing them in from the outside, it's really important to make as many expectations explicit as possible. Is there a mentoring element to the relationship? Are there certain tasks you expect one another to do? How do you expect them to, to treat your kids? Or how is childcare gonna integrate? Are there quiet hours you wanna respect? Food usage, refrigerator space, general cleanliness, privacy. What happens when, when introverts live with extroverts or extroverts live with introverts? These are real issues. And so I'd encourage you guys to just to, this is a skill you're gonna develop over time. And so the first time you, you go through this, you'll have maybe a list of those things to talk about up front. And that list will grow. And it's really important that that's a part of the skill of learning to integrate in this way. That's totally normal. Just because it's really challenging the first time doesn't mean that this doesn't work for you or your marriage or your family. Oftentimes it's just you've only taken the first step in building up this skill of being very explicit about expectations. And so over time, we really want to see this work because we love the potential kingdom uh, powerful dynamic of having the army and the outpost work together. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you're going to hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission and community and discipleship. Today's episode is from one of our coaching intensives called Made for Mission, where we coach others on how to practically live out the command of Jesus to go and make disciples in our Western context. So if you want to learn more about A Thousand Houses or check out some of our resources, visit 1kh.org. Have you guys ever thought about having some single missionaries spend a whole season living with your family? This is not normal in our culture, right? We think about our homes as a place where we retreat to, a place where we can kind of be very private. But when you look at what was going on in the first century, it was very important that believing households were hubs of hospitality. And the primary thing that the Bible means when it uses the word hospitality, a lot of times we think of like a dinner party. That really wasn't what was being envisioned. Almost all, every time it says hospitality, think somebody's living with you, somebody's staying with you in your house for one, two, or multiple nights or weeks. That's what hospitality primarily meant in the first century. And that requires a kind of culture in your household, maybe even a type of house that can facilitate that kind of partnership. So we wanna take a minute and talk about what it looks like to partner with some single missionaries who might live in your household for a season. And so this begins by just having a broad understanding of what we've talked about before, and that is the idea of the army and the outpost, and that we have different gifts. Families that are very rooted, that have children, are, are really in an area where they're building a, a household, and they require a lot of stability, and this doesn't allow them to be very mobile, um, be moving around, be, be, be kind of working around other people's rhythms, whereas single people, they have all kinds of different gifts. They have the gift of flexibility, of simplicity. They have the ability to give themselves wholeheartedly to the Lord, like it talks about in 1 Corinthians 7. And just like we have an entire module that you're going through right now around being a person of peace, we have another module for mostly singles on mission. Um, there can be certain families maybe that, that don-t have children that might also fit that or post you know kid families whose kids are older. Um, but this primarily, this module is about 
people who are being the person of peace, that module is for those who are looking for the person of peace. This is about the outpost. That module is really about being the army. And I really encourage you guys who are saying, hey, I really see us as the outpost. That's our calling. That's our season. I still think you need to go over and go through those videos that are for the army, for those people who are um, on mission looking for the people of peace. The reason is that there's a dynamic that both sides need to understand between the army and the outpost. And one of the dynamics, one of the most powerful dynamics is when you invite a couple of singles who are on mission to live with your family for a whole season. And this can be extremely exciting. It can be very catalytic for the kingdom. It can also be really challenging. And so I want to give you guys um, our top five tips for how to partner in mission with single missionaries if you are being an outpost or in that outpost season. And so number one, you need to set a very clear vision for the partnership. A lot of times when I've seen households begin to get excited about hosting people living with their family, they will begin to look for people who are looking for a place to stay. That is a very different vision. Trying to help somebody with a housing problem is not the same as housing single missionaries who are looking to live in a way that's simple enough and partner with a family that is focused enough to actually catalyze their mission activity. That's a very different vision. And so as we've talked about this and for in the really practical way we've thought about this is if there's a room we're setting aside for single missionaries to live with us, then we actually talk to people about the vision for that room of our house. The vision for this room is for our partnership with, with those who are on mission in a more intense way than we can be in this season. And so you want to really write out that clear vision. You want to talk about that clear vision. You might want to define it in like one sentence or even a phrase so that you're not tempted to look for something that's really not aligned with what you had in mind. It's worth it to make that clarity. When you're really clear about what you're doing with that room or what you're looking for in that partnership, that's often what attracts it to you. That's when you begin to see around you the opportunities and that people begin to ask you questions because they've heard that vision is so clear. And so it's really important to create that clear vision. Second tip is that if you have a single people living with you for the sake of mission and there's a financial arrangement, please put all the details of that financial arrangement in writing. That oftentimes will feel like a lack of trust, like, oh, we trust each other. It's like we've decided, you know, this is the arrangement. We've all talked about it. We all know what it is. But over the months, that can get really fuzzy. And so to protect relationships, we've discovered that it's really important to put that in writing. This is not a lack of trust. This is a lack of honoring the relationship on both sides. It also allows you to create a financial arrangement that might be a little bit more complex than just, you know, um, it's free as long as you're on mission, you know, or it's this much a month. Because if you need to break it down and say, okay, if you're helping the household, this is kind of the way the arrangement looks. If there's opportunities for them to you know, be paid by the hour for doing work around the house, and then that can come off the, the rent amount for that room. Things like that really helps both sides be motivated and incentivized to stay on um, focused on that clear vision. And so you want that financial arrangement to very much align with that clear vision, and you want that in writing, and you want to have very clear conversations about that. That really protects the relationship and makes that opportunity for the enemy to come in and create confusion really go away. So I encourage you guys to do that. Number three, it's critical that you have a weekly household meeting. 
if you have people living with you for the sake of mission. And, and that needs to, attendance at that meeting of the household is, needs to be mandatory. You need to have a team meeting where we're having conversations about you know, debriefing, what are some things that we did last week that really worked, that we're excited about, let's celebrate those things. What are things that we're looking forward to uh, next week? One of the things we do in our, our weekly team meetings, we always go over the next two weeks on the calendar so that everyone is synced up. And then we talk about what are the needs like we really need help with cleaning. We really need help with cooking. We really need help with inviting. We really need to figure this out or that out. This is not working. People are staying up late, but they're being really noisy over in this part of the house. Can we move over to this side? All that stuff, that stuff, those are dynamics that being a missions base creates. And you need to have a place to have those conversations so that you guys are feeling like a team. You're keeping short accounts with each other. You're getting the, the benefit of the whole team helping create creative solutions to problems. And so this will really create that team atmosphere. Having that weekly meeting is absolutely critical. Number four is when you have people coming and living with you, um, the most common thing people do is create total open-ended timeline for when this will end. And we've discovered that can be really hard on the relationship because oftentimes what will begin to happen is there's a certain period of time where it really feels good and then after a while, the relationships start to get, wear each other out a little bit. And this is just normal. This happens when you live with people. Um, you guys know it's hard enough to learn to live with your spouse, um, let alone have other people live in your house that come from other families that have maybe other kind of values. And some people have a huge grace for this and they never, those relationships really don't wear out. But most families, they will discover that over time, um, there's enough grading that it's better for there to be sort of a coming and going. And that's actually okay. A lot of times we resist that and say, well, if we're really strong Christians, we can just put up with each other endlessly, even in this very, very tight-knit environment. And I don't necessarily think that's realistic for a lot of families. And a lot of people will say no to this whole strategy because they know they can only sustain it for six months or something. That's okay. And so what we oftentimes encourage is to have an evaluation period, something like every three months, we have kind of like, how are we doing? Is this working? Is this working for you? Is this working for us? And then usually some kind of end date where it's understood that it's unlikely to go past maybe like, let's say for us, it's often six months. We like to really tightly, tightly partner for about six months. And then we oftentimes like to bring it to a close. We could restart that again later, but that's, that's kind of ebb and flow really protects the relationships well. So that's been a tip that's been really helpful. And the last one I want to talk to you guys about is when you have people live with you that aren't a part of your family system, a part of your family culture, you're bringing them in from the outside, it's really important to make as many expectations explicit as possible. Is there a mentoring element to the relationship? Are there certain tasks you expect one another to do? How do you expect them to, to treat your kids? Or how is childcare going to integrate? Are there quiet hours you want to respect? Food usage, refrigerator space, general cleanliness, privacy. What happens when, when introverts live with extroverts or extroverts live with introverts. These are real issues. And so I'd encourage you guys to just to, this is a skill you're gonna develop over time. And so the first time you, you go through this, you'll have maybe a list of those things to talk about up front, and that list will grow. And it's really important that that's a part of the skill of learning to integrate in this way. That's totally normal. Just because it's really challenging the first time doesn't mean that this doesn't work for you or your marriage or your family. Oftentimes it's just, you've only taken the first step in building up this skill of being very explicit about expectations. And so over time, we really want to see this work because we love the potential kingdom, uh, powerful dynamic of having the army and the outpost work together. And if this can, can be something you can pull off, 
and you can build that skill over time, I think it'll have massive implications for the kingdom. And so we want to encourage you guys to really think through this. Just understand, and let me just throw out the expectation um, for, for the beginning of this. Don't think this is going to be easy. This will be challenging. The question is, is this a calling that God is giving to your family as an outpost? And do you think that this is a skill that you can develop and get better and better at over time? And so this is something we want to encourage you guys. Again, go through the module um, that we have. If you're thinking about this, really spend some time understanding the callings of those who were called to go out and find people of peace and how much they are dependent on there being outposts or families of peace that they can minister in and through, that they can then be a part of the family. And of course, one of the most amazing parts of this dynamic is this allows everyone who's a part of the church, who's a part of the kingdom of God, to get to find their place in a home. One of the things it says in the Psalms is God places the solitary in a home. And that always, to me, feels like it's important for those of us who have really strong, loving families to begin to figure out what are the doors into those families that will really help not only non-believers experience the kingdom, but also believers uh, to get to live their life uh, in and through a family dynamic, and then also serve that family and serve the kingdom and serve the mission in, in better and better ways as that dynamic improves. So this is something I want you guys to consider, and we're going to be talking a lot about this in the coaching. If you guys are a part of, as you go through the coaching, one of the great things is if you do begin to invest in this dynamic, we want to have these conversations with you you know, on a regular basis to make sure that this is really working well for you so that you're not sort of starting from scratch, but you're getting all the benefit of our entire network's understanding of how to make this work. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you're feeling a yearning to learn how to make disciples in the West, we just want to invite you to join our Made for Mission Coaching Intensive, where we combine online content and personal coaching that's going to provide you with the teaching and the tools and the encouragement that you need to actually see disciples made in your context. So for more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash made for mission. We'll see you for the next episode.